Well, hello, First Baptist Church of Upper Barbara. Thank you for taking time out today to join in our last of our devotional series on the wisdom of God, as seen in the book of Proverbs and Psalms. This is Pastor Tyrone, and today is March 24th, 2021, and we'll be looking at the wisdom of God revealed in fearing God. Would you join me in a quick prayer? Gracious Lord, thank you once again for this day. And Lord, I pray that as um, we have reflected upon these words, your great truths through Proverbs, um, please help us today to see the glory that is revealed in wisdom um, and you. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, the passage for today is uh, one that we're maybe again familiar with. It really sums up the Proverbs, and it comes out of Proverbs 9, and it's uh, verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When we hear this, I've oftentimes been told um, it's a confusing or uh, it strikes you a bit at first because some people have asked, how does fearing God make us wise? Shouldn't it make us afraid or timid, withdrawn? Well, if you've asked these questions, you're not alone. Uh, there are many um, who have also thrown off this passage. And when we first hear it, because we immediately think of fear in the worry, the panic, the cowering type of description we think of fear as opposed to the biblical meaning. So today we want to define a few of the terms and then draw some conclusions and or applications um, from the rich text at, at the end. So first, let's dig in. Uh, we need to get an understanding of who is the Lord in this passage or simply who is God. Thinking correctly about God is of extreme importance because not only is a false representation of God idolatry, but as one of my favorite Christian authors and pastor, um, A.W. Tozer states, it is impossible to keep our moral practices sound and our inward attitudes right, while our idea of God is erroneous or inadequate. God says through the prophet Jeremiah in uh, Jeremiah 9, 23, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. See, even in God's own word, knowing rightly and relationally who he is, is all important. So then who is God? I think a good summary definition of God comes from our statement of faith. Um, it says that there is one and only one living and true God. He is an intelligent, spiritual, and personal being, the creator, redeemer, preserver, and ruler of the universe. God is infinite in holiness and all other perfections. God is all-powerful and all-knowing, and his perfect knowledge extends to all things, past, present, and future, including the future decisions of his free creatures. In fact, 
We know certain things to be true of God for one reason. In his mercy, he has condescended to reveal some of his qualities to us. See, through the Bible, his written word, God has revealed to us his nature, his character, and his works. Through his son, Jesus Christ, his living word, God's fullest and clearest revelation to man has been made known, his special revelation. Jesus was God incarnate, the image of the invisible God. The son of God became the son of man and therefore the bridge between God and man. So to really know who God is, all we have to do is look at Jesus. See, we study the word of God so that we might better know the God of the word. The better acquainted we are with God, the more we become like him and acquire the skills we need for life and service. That is wisdom. This is just a small description of God, both in the statement of faith or the Bible, even nature. And all these are glimpses of an all-infinite God. But much more can be said, studied, and known. And mercifully, he calls us to pursue such efforts. So let's move on. We get a good understanding of who God is. Even Hebrews gives us an understanding, once again, of that importance. Hebrews 11:6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay, so we see who the writer is referring to by the Lord and his Holy One. But why would a good God have me fear him? Now, there's at least 18 references to the fear of the Lord in the book of Proverbs. And though we won't go through all those passages, in summary, what we see in the passages are allusions to God, where he's the creator and we're the creatures. He's the father, we're his children. You see, when the Proverbs writer, Solomon, whom we believe to be the writer, is referring to this um, fear of the Lord. It's not the servile fear of a slave uh, before a master, but it's actually the reverential and respectful fear of the child before a parent, which in turn motivates us to obey the Lord's commands. We see ourselves in this relationship. Children fear um, not only because their parents can hurt them, but children fear also because they can hurt their parents. We, we can remember when we were children what it felt like to disappoint our parents or risk being alienated from them for disobeying them or doing something we knew not to do. Knowing this feeling, it would keep me from doing certain things because I knew it would hurt or devastate my parents and I didn't want that. So even now as adults, we still hate to disappoint or hurt our parents. In other words, it means when we think of reverent fear to respect God for who he is, to listen carefully to what he says and to obey his words, knowing that our disobedience displeases him. 
It breaks our fellowship with him and invites his chastising and his discipline. You know, his discipline can feel bitter and yet his love tremendously sweet. So much that it springs a, a desire, an earnest desire in us to please him with this loving, passion, reverent fear, just like the psalmist says, that we also guard our hearts that we may not sin against him. We put his word deep in our hearts so that the commands guide us and that we keep that fellowship with him and do not sin against him. See, the Christian life is not one of the status quo in which we enter into a relationship with God and just stay there. Although some do, and they stagnate, God's desire is that we grow. A relationship with God is a foundation on which when we grow in our fellowship with God, it results in an intimacy with Him. And it's a lifelong process. We, we just don't arrive there. Just like a marriage, we can grow more deeply in love with God over time and through the experiences that He allows us to encounter. Solomon discovered that a reverential fear of the Lord, it's the first step towards godly wisdom and understanding uh, which alone provides this fulfillment in life, which we all seek. His advice to his son was to search for godly wisdom with the same determined persistence that we would search for precious silver or jewels or gold. You see, Solomon had been endowed with great wisdom. It surpassed the wisdom of all others, but he spent much of his life seeking pleasure and fulfillment in the wrong places. He discovered that life does not consist in the amount of wealth we possess, the popularity we gain, or even a great position of power, be it in the job, a community, or even the government. It's not about the latest techno-gadgetry that we own or our distinguished pedigree and qualifications we hold. Not even the who's who circle we bump shoulders with, especially in a reality social media driven culture. Solomon discovered that these things that the world values are ultimately a chasing after a win, a vapor. But that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and a knowledge of the Holy One is understanding became the essence of of what life was all about. And Solomon recognized that. And so he shared it with his son. The emphasis on fearing the Lord and gaining understanding of our great God and Savior. It's a theme that, that threads its way throughout the entire scriptures. The word of God, the Bible, was recorded over centuries of time. And starting with the books of Moses, uh, where we really see God unveiling and revealing his eternal character, uh, the attributes that give us reassurance in the name of the Lord. And we see all of those wonderful images of God, as Jesus tells us in the book of Luke, that all of scripture points to him. And so we see God unveil himself, God's revelation to man. It's the Bible. We see his plans and his purposes unfold as we come to a deeper understanding of who he is through the life and the death of his only begotten son. He gave his life for the sins of the world. 
So church, understanding this call to gain wisdom as the Proverbs 9 really sets up this deep imagery of a banquet and an invitation of wisdom, uh, calling out to the simple one, God inviting us as an invitation to draw closer to himself. How do we do this? Well, the one real application that I want to draw our attention to today is it's simply the more we immerse ourselves in the Word of God. But not just head knowledge. This is not what wisdom is about. This is not what the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's not about just getting more head knowledge. But it's actually what Jesus uh, left us with his final words. It's about then living a life of relationship both with him and with one another. Listen to what Jesus says in John 17 in his high priestly prayer. These were the last words Jesus mentions. And this is the prayer he prayed to his father for us. He says in verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those, us, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you love me. The more we come to a knowledge of the Holy One, the greater we discover the enormous opportunities of his plans and purpose for each one of us as his children. Church, we have a great opportunity to come together, to know one another, to live out literally this will that Jesus has given us, this last bequeathing unto us from the Father. You see, to know Jesus Christ as our Lord is to know God himself, for he is the exact image of the invisible God. Christ has made known to us the Father, and the Father has unveiled to us the Son in the person of Jesus Christ. For in him, as the Bible says, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. The radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He is the upholder of the universe by the power of his word and by grace through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been saved, saved and made one with him. Church, if you can, as we have opportunity, just begin establishing even new relationships with those whom we have come into contact with even during COVID times be it young, be it older members, um, however we can get to know the word of God, 
perhaps even joining through a Bible study or a fellowship, um, weekly Bible studies, um, Zoom conferences, we get to share in this word together and therefore get to know him deeper as he reveals himself in scripture and more relationally as we pray together, share together, spend our time together just as he requested and just as he gave us power to do that the world might know that we're his disciples and that we would be one. I pray then that this word has encouraged our hearts that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and that knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now let me close this with this prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing the truth that is in Christ. Thank you for giving us understanding and wisdom that, Lord, we may live out our days pleasing you and sharing with one another the joys that you have given us through Christ Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.